0: audra and i'm sadie and we are former english lit majors and sisters who miss reading and discussing literature with fellow lit nerds and we created this podcast to discuss literature fueled by libations so pick your poison
1: and join us each week to discuss all the queries and views unearthed in great books and
0: support your local bookstore Welcome, everybody, to Lit Libations. Hi, Sadie. Hi, Audra. So hopefully you guys got a chance to read A uh, Woman of Light by Callie Fajadro Um And hopefully you listened to uh, our last episode discussing parts one and two. So we're going to be wrapping up the book uh, today. So yeah. I'm really excited. Me too. Uh, yeah, we'll get into it. Um But let's remind everybody what our next book is going to be so they can pick up a copy. So our
1: next book that we're going to do is Persuasion by Jane Austen. So this will be another book slash movie. So the first episode, we're just going to talk about the book, which is fairly short for a Jane Austen novel. And then. Um, we will be talking about the new movie starring Dakota Johnson that just came out on Netflix in our second episode. So I'm, uh, there's been a lot of, uh, talk about that movie, let's just say. So I'm really excited. What's the talk been?
0: I haven't heard anything about it. Um, like really bad. Oh, like it's like, it is bad. Like the movie's bad. Yeah. Oh good. I can't wait to rip it.
1: Yeah. Like like, I think it's going to be fun to talk about because Yeah. Yeah, I've heard... Okay, it, awesome. there's There's like a specific meme that's been going on uh, that I've seen everywhere. And it what it does is it compares a quote from the novel to what the screenplay version mm. of that quote is. And it's, you know, this beautiful paragraph that just like perfectly describes this like human relationship. And then it turns into this like one-liner um, that feels very like 2022 and not very
0: mm.
1: uh, 18th century England. And interesting, you know, like just really kind of. You have a thing it. for
0: that too. Am I misremembering this? Like, you don't like when they use modern music in period movies. Am I correct? Correct. Or am I thinking of? Okay, we've had this discussion, right? Like, like what were we? There was something I think, we, we I were think talking maybe, about. We may have been talking about Bridgerton. Did we talk about Bridgette mm. at all? That
1: might that might have been so. something that came across, which that's actually what this movie is being compared to.
0: Oh, interesting.
1: Um, but they also took like a really weird flea bag direction with it, is what I hear. I just heard it's oh. like it's a very weird adaptation. So, I, like, but uh, you know, I've heard people have really liked it as well. So I just think it's going to cool. be fun to talk about it and to compare it and. Um, Period pieces are always fun to watch for me. Like I'm, a, like it's just my jam. That's just what I grew up with. Is just watching period yeah. pieces
0: all the time. You, that is your jam. It's part of your nostalgia. Uh, well, I love Jane Austen. Um, yeah. I really haven't seen that many movies based on. I've, I, just the last one, that the last Emma, yeah, Um yeah. that they did. I love. I really liked that one. I did too. Um, but that's, but I hadn't seen like any other versions of Emma or. Like, I'm not a big oh. period piece movie person. So, okay. like, I mean, I love Jane Austen. I love all the novels of right, it. Right, I just right. haven't really seen that many movies of it. So I'm excited. Um, I did see, Kate okay, totally. This is a total sidetrack because it's also a movie. Okay. But you have to go see the new Thor movie, Love and Thunder. Is it good? Okay. So I don't really enjoy the Marvel movies. Yeah. I mean, some of them I do to a point. But, like, I'm really, they're not my jam. But I saw the last Thor movie. Ragnarok, and i love this director yeah take I, I it by td is so his. great i th- love him and i loved thor Ragnarok. i thought it was so good yeah. i love the music i love the look of it i love the heat like it just makes fun no it's such a of good it all. movie yeah it's such a good but movie. in such a smart way and this one so good i absolutely loved this one. oh good it was really really good and i just thought it was hilarious like Totally Um, recommend.
1: So I've been trying to get Brian to go with me to see it in the theaters because I also just, like, love going to movies in general. Um, Yeah, me too. So – but I can't – I've yet to convince him – So, you should do me a solid and send Brian a wee little text and say, Have you seen the new Thor movie? It's really good. And just. I can't do that. (laughs) We
0: don't text it. That will be so out of left field. Like, I don't remember the last time I texted Brian.
1: I know, but that's what makes it hilarious. He'll know that I
0: told you. But then. Oh, so you want that to be known. As long as, like, if you were expecting subterfuge, I'm like, That's not. No. That's not going to do it. His little spidey sense will go off. No, my my expectations
1: on the floor, I just think it would be really funny so
0: why doesn't he want to go um
1: I don't even think it's that he like doesn't want to go it's just that he's like too lazy to go
0: oh I see he just I doesn't want to put the effort I don't in. know he's
1: he's funny it's it we always have like the best time when we go to the movies but he really likes to grumble about it before So we he's go. just like
0: a old man. He's just yeah. a grumbly old man. He's a grumbly
1: like, old man.
0: Yeah, he is kind of a grumbly old man. He's
1: he's definitely a grumbly old man. It's part of his. It's it's funny because he's both immature. It is part of his and term. a grumbly
0: old man. <laughs> yes, yes, it is an interesting mix. Yeah, cause yeah, that it's funny. Uh, yeah, I will. Okay, I will send him a text for you. Okay. Um. Okay. Oh, so, what are you oh, drinking? What do you? Thank you. We both, you know last time we totally forgot. Um, so I kind of, so I I don't know what I would call it, but it's uh, limoncello mm-hmm. and vodka and soda water. And then I put a little bit, teeny, teeny bit of grenadine in it for just like some color, Ooh. but it's already dissipated. And then I put some raspberries in it and a lemon slice. I don't, I'm sure it has a name, but I just.
1: It sounds great. It sounds very like you're, you've just been the queen of refreshing drinks
0: lately. It is really well. I mean, any I don't know, fruity and soda water and like ice. I, I think you can't go wrong. It's I, pretty agree. Easy throw, I agree. Summary: throw throw a throw some random fruit in there, in it. Lemon it's lime. Great. You're like good, good to go. Yeah, yeah.
1: Nice. Well, yeah, I didn't. No I
0: was gonna have. <laughs> I was gonna have wine, uh, <laughs> but then I was like. No, i got to put more effort in like, because okay, I've been giving Sadie well, all this shit. No, so, now like, I'm
1: going to start feeling bad. So because tonight has been so busy. I oh, did, I already I, saw. You're
0: drinking a beer. I'm
1: drinking a beer. I didn't make Brian make me another drink, so I'm drinking a beer. But it's a really good beer. So I think that it still kind of counts. And I I had to get it by going on a long drive. So I had to just get it from the brewery, which was like two hours away. Which, granted, I did this yeah, a really and, long time ago. But a level of
0: effort was put in to getting this beer. Oh, for sure, and it has a cute like you've got it in a cute stemware. Yeah, like I, I'm not gonna cute. give you, I'm not gonna give you a hard time. Okay, all it's right, totally justified. All right.
1: Well, I am drinking the Juice Machine, which is an American Double IPA um, from Treehouse Brewery. Which, if you are in the Boston area in Massachusetts at all, really, you'll know. True, Treehouse is like the best brewery in Massachusetts. It's fantastic. And you can only get their beer at their location. So it's always like a fun trip when we get to go there. And they they really do make great beer. I, I'm going to have to
0: share one with you when you come out here because I think you'll really like their, their stuff. Um, yes, I will. I mostly want to just, the only beer I really want to drink when I'm out there though is Yingling because I cannot get it out here.
1: <laughs> okay. Well, I will buy you all the but Yinglings I will have one. when you're out here. <laughs> Sounds good. But yes,
0: I do want to try it.
1: I'll make sure to get a case before you get here. Um, Thank you. Cool. Well, we should talk about the book. I have to tell you. Yes. So we talked about it a little bit last time of, like, how we wanted
0: more out of Luz. And I have to tell you, is it Les or is it Luz? It's Luz. I I say Luz in my head. Okay. Because I know that it's based on uh, someone in her, like, the author's uh, ancestor whose name was Lucy. Okay. All right. So Luz. Um. And I have to, like, agree
1: with you. I'm not going to lie. Like, the ending of this book, I kind of had, like, emotional whiplash a little bit. And it was good. Did it feel rushed to you? It felt... Did it feel... It, it did feel rushed. It felt rushed. And I also felt like I was really confused a little bit by Luz and, like,
0: by some of the stuff that she does. I found her confusing. When it came... Yeah, like, when it came to... So, so maybe we should give a a quick little summary. So, uh, we learn more, starting in uh, part three, about uh, Simadeka. So, her grand... Her grandmother. Yeah. Her grandmother. Um, And I love the story of P.J. and Simadeka, but it's really sad. So, basically, they are running kind of this Wild West show. It's really... It's going well. It's very successful. They have two children. Mm-hmm. You know, they fall in love. They get married. They have two children. Um, you can tell there's just a deep, deep love there, like, Oh, my gosh, yeah. Them. Their I love their love gorgeous. story. Yeah. Love their, yeah. Um, and P.J.'s kind of partner, who has been kind of in charge of the, like, paperwork side of it because of his ability to read and write English, uh, they, they start to notice... Um, and Sumedecca does not like this man, and I love her interactions with him, too. Oh, my gosh, too, and like, amazing. You know, and but the, there's people are encroaching. White people are encroaching to take it over for, like, mineral rights and, like, yeah, they're, mining. they're and,
1: prospectors, so they're there for yeah. um, radium and, like, uranium mining.
0: Um, yes, and so then you learn that, like, uh, what he thought, what Dre thought he bought, he didn't really buy, and, the, you know, their yeah. rights weren't what they thought they were, and, unfortunately, they... Um, PJ is then killed by some of these men, and then uh, Simadeka kills them. Mm-hmm. Oh
1: my gosh, I love that know, scene so and,
0: much! Yeah, and knows that like this will not end well for me. Uh, and so, I'm trying to think. Did she? So she she sends the girls. Yeah. She's, she me, just, she Hold just she just
1: sends them off. Like I think she she gives them money. I think she buys them tickets or something and she sends them up further. Yes, kind of north. takes,
0: that's right. Because I couldn't remember if she went on the train with them to a certain point, but no, she takes them there and then, yeah. Yeah, sends and them then off she's on the run.
1: She's like a wanted woman mm-hmm. at that point. And the yeah. girls and are she, even kind of like discussed as being. You know, kind of like wild and out there.
0: Yes, um, like they're they're demon pro- uh, progeny, basically, and they have to like find and make their way. Well, in and it's Denver, and
1: it's like written about in a really disturbing, like white way. So, like this is just classic how this would have been written about. So, killer Mexican woman caught mixed breed mm-hmm. children free. Denver, Colorado, Sleep. August 30th, 1905. A rumor is circulating among rail, r- rail car passengers arriving from the southern portion of the state that an on, that an armed, unknown Mexican woman has been captured after shooting in cold blood two company guards and prominent, minor, prominent mining superintendent, Henry Sullivan, of the Everson Luminous Corporation. There is no indication of motive. Ha, ha, ha. No indication of motive. They just, you know, killed her husband in cold blood. Um... Townsfolk are demanding swift retribution against the murderous Mexican. It is said her mixed breed children may have escaped on foot. And it's, yeah, I'm, wow, that's, there's a lot there. But yeah, so she sends the children on their way and they, you know, they stick together for a while. They end up going to this like mining yeah, like, community as, and they're kind yeah. of like teenagers, right? And, Mm -hmm. Um, they work
0: in houses for people like they're basically like, you know, nannies that help. And, but there's, they're split apart. And I love the relationship that you get to learn about between Luz's mom, uh, Sarah and Maria. And then her aunt who she lives with now, Maria Josefina. Like, it's so nice to, to get more of the image and the backstory on, on Maria, because we already have known her as Luz's aunt, kind of mother figure and like who she is now. And like, you know she's this she's this badass like works in a glass factory yeah. and she's a lesbian and is a little more out with it and like so then it's interesting to read her backstory where she's a little bit more like reserved in some ways but then she gets visions like you learn that she's had visions there, I think yeah. I can't remember let's see it's in chapter 30 It says, Maria Josefina told her that she had seen their mother standing against a brick wall. There was the crack of gunpowder, and her mother quickly turned, facing the firing squad as the bullet entered her skull, tore through her head, driving in from her right temple, erupting like shattered glass behind her eyes. The outside world seeped in, her mind flooding with light. Push it away, Sarah had said. When the bad dreams and pictures come up, push them down as far away as you can. And I thought that was interesting to hear about Maria Josefina, you know, having this, this gift as well, you know, as Luz does Mm and her, her different like reaction to it, it, both because of, the time and place where they are and like what support system they have. And like, yeah. so it's interesting, like how this gift, you know, and how talented all these women are in the family and how that talent comes out in all these different ways and how it's looked at and viewed. So it was nice to see Maria Josephina's like backstory, I think. And yeah. then it was nice to even get to know Sarah because before this, you don't really know much about Well her And it's, mom. and it
1: kind of makes it more sad too. Cause like, I like you get to see Sarah kind of as a kid and you get to see her and like her differences. And you know, she's the oldest and she's like a year older than Maria Josefina, and she, um, yeah, the descriptions of her as a kid, and then you know as they they're trying to just make their way through the world, kind of like her naivete of uh, you know not having like maybe her mother there to protect her anymore, and it and it describes like the first time that she meets um, Luz and um, Diego's dad, and the way that like. I mean, it's it's sad the way this happens for Sarah, but I think it's also true to, like, a lot of indigenous and, like, communities mm-hmm. of color of how, like, substances are kind of used to, like, control or take advantage of people. And um, so, you know, they're surrounded by all these minors, and one of them ends up, you know, being the dad of her children, but he... He asked if she'd like a drink of his cup. At first, she shook her head and remembered that her mother had once told them that they ought never drink liquor. Your ancestors were not built for alcohol. It will poison your body and ruin your minds. But as she recalled her mother's mourning, she turned her nose up and pushed the memory away. She told Benny, why, sure, I'd love a sip. One drink turned into three or four, and then it was five or six, and Sarah drank like she'd never thirsted so deeply in her life. The more she drank, the more her body felt lithe. Lifted from the pine floor, she laughed and felt beautiful and gazed past Marie Josie, who looked on with terror in her wide brown eyes. And just the way that it kind of, like, takes over and controls her. And then, you know, because we have this this knowledge of, like, what ends up happening to her and, like, her relationship with mm-hmm. Benny. And then also um, the way that she's abused in that relationship. It's just – it's – it. I'm glad that I, like, got all that information first and then you watch this. And it just kind of makes it more tragic, I think, to read. Um, Yes. And then it's sad to see how it kind of, like, influences their relationship as sisters and what that would be like to see happen to a family member. And it's just – it's really good. Um, But then as it goes back to, you know, kind of more current times, present times in the 1930s,
0: Um what's going on? So they oh they're preparing for Lisette's so, wedding. That's like the main yes. thing. They're preparing for Lisette's wedding and I love Lizette. I love this character. Oh my gosh, she's so she spunky. So she she goes in to like wants her wedding dress made and they go to this dressmaker and there's no way she can afford it, but the dressmaker you know, through conversation with Lizette and seeing that Lizette makes her own clothes and she kind of has this design and this talent, you know, agrees to like hire her to like help make the wedding dress and yeah. help her. So she gets to, to have that kind of, and you, you see it cause it affects kind of how much she's at home and her relation, like not in a bad way, but her relationship with like Lizette, or I mean, excuse me, with Luz, you know, like they're both growing in kind of these different directions a little bit, but yeah. I love that they're still maintaining that connection with each other. But anyway, um, yeah, Lizette's big, the big wedding is like the big event. Right. And like, but then Luz becomes engaged to Abel, which is like, I felt a little random. Not really. I think it felt random because I think that's how it's interpreted from Luz. Like you still don't get a lot of like, I still was like, did she know this was coming? Like, she, it's like, weird.
1: It's weird because she had to have known it had been know, coming because I was everybody thinking t-
0: about this. Like
1: it's. Go ahead. Okay. No, you go ahead. It's fine.
0: Well, we've been talking, we talked a little bit last episode too, but like we wanted more from Luce a little bit. Like where, what are her like thoughts and emotions more about that side, right? Like the romantic relationships. Yeah. But then I was thinking that like, I don't know, it's kind of, I had some more, that's something really specific to say about this. And I just totally (laughs) lost my brain. And I'm so mad because I've been thinking about, that in a different light and like mm. have this reason for why like another way to look at it. And I seriously cannot even think of it now. I'm so mad. Well, we'll get there. I'm sure it'll Sadie, come back to you. It was going to be brilliant. I swear it was going to be the most brilliant thing. It's and okay. now if I remember it, it <laughs> has to be brilliant. Like, it's okay. Oh,
1: you'll remember. It's fine. But no, I, I mean like, I think it's a little, I think it's a little weird that it, she's caught off. So, so, so off, caught so off guard with it. But I also think that, um, I don't know. She's hard for me to understand because, you know, she says yes. And granted, she does kind of say, like, don't tell anybody yet. I want to keep it to myself. I want to, like, be in control of who finds out and when they find out. And um, it's – and she's very young. Like, I I want to give her credit because she is, like, 18. But then also, you know, people – while she's been seeing this, this guy have been talking to her about how, Oh, like you're going to settle down and have kids too. Like you're on your way to marriage. And she's like, yeah, I guess.
0: Um, Yes. No, I liked, I think part of where I was trying to go earlier was something along those lines. Like maybe it's not that blatant from her. There's not as much from her about like her emotions or what she's feeling. Because she just has more important shit to worry about. Like it's not even—it's not really on her radar because it's not worth it. Does that make sense? Stop laughing. Sorry, I'm sorry. Sorry, something funny was going on in the background. Kendrick had to bring me my iPhone charger, and of course he can't just like help me and plug it in. He has to make faces to Sadie over Facetime, and that's like seriously. I again, I had this really important part to make, and first I forgot it, and now it just totally. Doesn't even make sense because I was no, distracted no, no. by we'll him go back. doing that. We'll go back. You can't blame the guy for
1: trying. It's my fault. I'm so gullible and vulnerable to to his. Uh, I, I silly know. Faces. Why did you have
0: to engage? Why did you have to engage? I'm like, sorry. Just don't engage. I know. I should have just, just ignored it. I just encouraged him. You did. You did. You should Everybody just engages. I have to say it all the time. I'm like, don't engage because it will not stop. Okay. Go back uh, to anyway. what you were saying though. No, I think part of me cuz I was really that was I was kind of bothered because I really really like this book yeah. a lot. Yeah. But I did feel like the ending almost felt it wasn't even really the ending, but so so she becomes engaged to Abel, uh doesn't really tell anybody, and then she Is working with David at his office, and there's uh, what's the right word for it? Uh,
1: There's a riot, basically. A riot, a uh, riot. Yeah,
0: so like I love how that she brings in the Kuka Klan in in this novel because I think a lot of times you don't realize just how far, like in historically, we're not taught just how far reaching and they were much there was. Does that make sense? Like, it's like you,
1: you. Well, well, because for me, it like you usually don't hear about the KKK in Denver, Colorado. You hear about them in Georgia like or the, Mississippi or Alabama. You know, like you don't, you don't think about the fact that those like white supremacist everywhere. ideas are far-reaching in the yes. country, and have and it's always not. Been there's so many
0: groups. Yeah, exactly, and and how they still like then you know we're called society, like just yeah how yeah um, how it was encouraged to flourish basically but anyway so she her and david are like basically trapped in their office um and damage is obviously going to be done to his office because he's the lawyer you know representing the family of a black man who was killed by police and so it's a dangerous situation and they end up how how would you characterize their Uh, like (laughs) sexual interaction like it didn't pretty it was weird a, i mean, like <laughs> i mean it wasn't i wouldn't say it was an assault no it was I, like I, I it's not an assault i will say that like
1: there's so i kind of hinted on like seeing this dynamic start to play out with them in parts 1 and 2 but there's definitely like a power thing going on she's definitely had like a crush on him her yeah, she's whole attracted life. to him she she's feels you get the sense she feels
0: more of this it, Physical it attraction feels, to him than she does for Abel at it all. It definitely There's feels. L- definitely lust and growing yeah. and like being a woman. The thing
1: is, is like he's respectful of her boundaries when she stops him. She clearly yes. says that she like has this desire for him in a way that she's like never felt a desire before. And I think that's totally true. I do think though that like. I mean, there is something to be said when two people have, like, sexual chemistry with each other that, like, close proximity and heightened emotions can bring out, it mm-hmm. um, can make people act on things maybe they otherwise wouldn't have acted on. Do I think it's a little weird that, you know, he's so insistent that she can't leave the office and like part of that is like okay he's being protective but also how like how much of it that is that versus him taking advantage maybe of the situation I
0: don't know I think I think actually it was a nice like I, th- I think it was a really well done like how she set this up in the description because it wasn't painted out and I don't think it was necessarily this like sexual assault. Yeah. And I think she really demonstrated Luz's own like, you know, desire and curiosity and lust, but then also really built up over time how it's not necessarily um, where he's trying to hurt her, but there's a little bit of a predatory nature, but I think it's just a normal, not, not, not normal, like a, one that's common. It's like a very common predatory nature to their relationship. Does that make sense? Like because of the age difference, because of the power difference, because of, you know, race, because of like his, how he sees her, all these things. Like, and I think that that's common in a lot of relationships and points out how common it is every day and how there's things that, now, like looking at it, like we're kind of on the lookout for it, and like we're heightened by it because of these things we know. But just how common that is, and like that it can be this this gray area. Well, it's really like, funny. I think she didn't make it. It didn't come off as trite or like, yeah. like. Like, you could see, like, okay, I can maybe see this going here, but maybe not. Like, after the next interaction that's had. Like, it really well, didn't... It, and I, I felt, felt like there was more dimension to it, which was nice. And
1: I felt kind of conflicted because a part of me, like, wanted this for her because I knew that she wants him to, well, like... She wanted She it, wanted yeah. him. And so a part of me, like, wanted this for her, but then... you know like we're conflicted also as readers because like Abel's just so great like he's so nice he's so respectful like he really cares about her and he'll love her forever and take care of her and so there's definitely like I felt just conflicted but I was also kind of confused a little bit by her like the way that she treats Abel while she has all of these feelings going on and I think that like Part of that is her age. Part of it is her being scared because I'm sure she, you know, like, we know from the beginning that David has this, like, reputation. He always has, like, a woman on his side. And um, and then with her seeing, like, what happened to Diego and with his girlfriend and, you know, how she gets pregnant and all that stuff. Like, I, but there's so much fear, like, wrapped up in it as well for her to, like, feel like she can, like maybe fully explore that side of her but I think it gets more confusing because like she stops that occurrence and then you know we get to Lizette's wedding and she's there with Abel and she like seems really happy to be with him and she seems to find comfort with him and she seems to really genuinely like care for him and love him and then you know David like pulls her into this, the same closet that she was making out with Abel before and they have sex and, you know, she's caught – they're caught by Abel and it's gut-wrenching. Oh, I felt so bad I for I felt so bad for him. <laughs> Poor guy. But I was like, lose. Like, what are you doing? Like, what are you doing? It was my – and it's hard for me to judge it because I'm like, okay, well, like when you have a really visceral attraction to somebody, it's really hard to say no and then also – you know, I think she does, like, there's this feeling of love that she has for him. So, I, but I was kind of like frustrated See, with I'm both s- of those characters because I was like, what I, the fuck is going on is how I felt about it. It, it was emotional whiplash I, for me.
0: Yeah. See, I loved it. I love that that happened. I love that Luz didn't end up with Abel. I, lo- I mean, I don't love that he was hurt, but like, I loved it because I felt like there was this, like, it was, it was, um, like so with her family with these generations that she's writing about i think it's not saying that love is bad or marriage is bad but i think pointing out how dangerous like being married and being tied down especially at a young age is for women but specifically these women so like i mean even her her grandmother like yeah the because she, not to, like i i know this sounds like oversimplifying but like she didn't she got married and has death. It ends in death. She's mauled by a bear. She gets married again. Her husband's murdered in front of her. She has to murder. Then you get, um, you know, loses mom and she's married and with a, you know, her husband is abusive and like she's at his whim and you know, they're destitute basically because of him and she can't survive it, you know, and she's an alcoholic and she can't take care of her own children. She's, you know, and then Maria Josefina like has her yeah you know that I doesn't work out for her and then you get lose it's almost like she's getting to, to to take that other path a little bit which comes over the time but it's like mm-hmm. that power is building and like that shared ancestry and that sh- those shared memories of like maybe there's another way or like finding a way to yeah. not have that happen so I was glad that that it didn't and but then I mean, it ha- compares it with Lizette it's not to say it's not good like yeah, Lizette yeah is happy. And you get the sense of, I'm happy that they got married. I'm glad nothing happened to ruin that. Like that was a very happy part of the book for me. And I think it showed, you know, just how also complicated and amazing and powerful, you know, Lizette is mm-hmm. like, they can take these two different paths, but like for Luz's generation of women, like it needs to go another direction. But with
1: Luz, So this is the thing though, is like, I agree with where the path led lose, but I don't like how she got to that path like I think that she could have gone down that road and like I mean I think that her feelings for Abel I think she really cared about him and I think he was a possibility for her but she never had strong feelings about him I don't think none that we as readers were privy to at that very, at the very least but I don't like that it happened the way it happened because it feels like she didn't make that choice For herself, it feels like the choice was made for her because in this moment with David, you know, she's like, I'm in love with you. I want to be with you. She's saying this like as they're having sex in a closet and then they're caught by evil. So it kind of feels like in that moment, in any moment, in a way, she's kind of just at the whim of these men that care for her question mark. You know, like, does David really care for her? I don't know. Like, the way he treats her afterward is questionable, and how he just leaves and, like, abandons her, basically, in that situation, but, like, I don't know that she made a choice not to be with Abel by being with David. It seems like it was more like that happened, and then—and she was all about David, and then she just happened to get caught by Abel, and then— at that point, I think I think she feels a little bit of shame with, like, how things played out a little bit. And she no longer is interested in David at all. So I just – I agree with, with, like, the trajectory and, like, where she ends up and her not being with anybody. I think that's how it should have gone because she's so young. I don't like how yeah, it I got dis- there, though.
0: I disagree. I think that it was – I took it differently – I know that she got caught by Abel and so you could say it's not her choice, but I think, I think she's, I looked at her as a smart person and, you know, while still learning, like aware of herself and very in control of herself in a lot of ways. Like she's had to take care of herself for so long and in such ways that I can't even imagine, but like new, I mean, she has sex with him in a closet that her and Abel had been in at her friend's wedding. There's, it, the likelihood of getting caught was strong she went to a place that she had been you know romantic and intimate with, with abel so the fact that he would look there isn't crazy it's a place they both know yeah and then also in the book you learn that abel goes and um uh, sets fire to david's office yeah yeah and liz or Liz, excuse me knows that it's him she didn't know he did that but then she found i think it i can't remember what it was Was it was a bandana or something something where she figured out what happened and never gave that information to diego and just kind of leaves with it so and i that reinforced for me this idea that like she's kind of more aware of what is likely to happen or what would happen than maybe she gets credit for a little bit. And I think that she made really conscious choices and like, you know, writing to her brother. And I feel like it, I don't know. I just didn't take it as I took it. Like she was more in control than,
1: than you did. But I guess I,
0: I guess that makes it, that doesn't like help
1: me feel good about it though, either, because I think that like, that's a really destructive Act. Like, if we're talking about, like, her sight, for example, like, her her abilities to see um, into the future and maybe have, like, an idea of the destruction that's going to come. Because you do get a feeling about that where she writes to Diego and she's like, you need to mm-hmm. come immediately. Like, something's going to happen or maybe it's already happened. I don't know. Like, she's she sees when she looks into David's cup, she sees basically, like, kind of like a flashback to what um, – uh, her grandmother had gone through but it's more in like context of what's going on in her life as well which is a really interesting thing but then like to me that brings about a question of like well like okay if she's making these conscious choices like hoping for that outcome then like why did she have to go about it the way that she did because if she cared about evil at all like, why couldn't she have just been honest? And I don't mean to, like, moralize her. And I don't want to, like, put those, like, that kind of, like, harsh judgment on her. Because I do really love this character. I think she's fantastic. But I think that that doesn't really help either. And, like, to me, that that's not a good thing. That if she did know, if she did have control... Then, like, why did she go about this ending that she wanted in the way that she did? Because it destroys not just, like, her relationship with Abel and his feelings for her. You know, I think that would have happened anyway. But it also leads to the destruction of David's practice. And I I don't know. I just feel like if she knew that maybe those things were possibilities— if she was in control and like this was the way she decides to get out of a marriage she doesn't actually want like i don't know that that's any better than her being more oblivious to it
0: i i mean like i think what i mean like i'm not insinuating that like because she has visions or can sometimes see into the future Like, it was all planned out in a more meticulous way. Like, I don't think, I didn't mean it that specifically. It's just more of like, she doesn't want to be married. Doesn't want, I mean, she says she does, but I think that she knows that that's just not, that's not her right now. Like, she's gonna go down this different path. Well, and there is a lot of talk about
1: her wanting that because she, like, there's some flashbacks to her conversations with Lizette where she talks about, like, can't it just be us? You know, like can't yeah. like can't it just be you and me? Um, there are like some hints to that that she doesn't want to be I think, attached. I to think I think it's
0: but. I think she wants to have choices, and I yeah. think she wants to have more options in front of her. And so I think it's less of okay, well this specifically will this happen more of just like things just need to get blown up. Like I need to just like there needs to be a big paradigm shift. Yeah, and and you know, and she has Diego come home and you know, she seems to almost be like, okay, Lizette's good. You know, are my people good? And like nothing self-destructive, but like there needs to be kind of a pair. I mean, it is a little self-destructive, but there needs to be just like a big shift, a big change. And like, that's kind of more of how I took it and nothing where she's looking at anything specifically, like I can see what's going to happen or this is what I'm going to do to make sure this happens. But just what, what is the current stasis cannot be. And like, there has to be a big shift to it. And then there's collateral damage and things like that. Right. So it's like, yeah. And that's, that's kind of just more of how I took it where, so it made me feel positive about all of the actions, even the ones that maybe aren't as palatable, like, you know, her technically cheating on Abel and that kind of deceit and that kind of behavior, like that's not very palatable and not something that you like. It's a hard, like, Oh, why did you do that? Or why'd you make that decision? Especially for people you like. So for me, it just made it more, I I was able to like, look, not really dwell on those feelings because it was more like, yes, like this is exactly what needed to happen. And good. Like, yeah, it, it, it seemed to fit for me in a larger theme of like the novel and the things I liked about it. And the idea of like, you know her power and the power of the women in her generation like while the men are great too like i mean she's not minimizing any but i think it just really highlighted it like and i loved how diego has those two snakes yeah at the beginning of the novel yeah. and one's male and one's female and he has to it's so I mean, sad i've mean, never he, been so sad about oh the death of snakes he oh my gosh to, at the, he has yes. when he leaves town he has to kill his own snakes because they can't he's like they can't survive without me he's raised them since they were babies i love when you read about how he found them like (laughs) as they were baby snakes like i've never cried over snakes before it was so sad it was really sad but then he moves away and he gets another snake and then the last like i love these little newspaper inserts um where it's like what would have been in the newspaper so the last one says hero snake strikes again (laughs) stops bank bandits. Denver, Colorado, July 23rd, 1934. Two men at noon entered the South Broadway Daniels Bank and with revolvers ordered Cashier Jones to hand over $2,000 cash. The bandits were halted when a female rattlesnake emerged from the vault, striking one of the bandits and startling the other into paralysis. The snake slithered toward the business part of the city. There is no clue and it's spelled C-L-E-W to the (laughs) snake. And you learn that... um, I can't remember it. The how does he lose his second snake? It talks about it, and now i forgot forgotten. Um, but you learn that like well, he goes the to jail. Kind of...
1: He goes to jail for That's like right. a little while, and so he like yeah, I can't remember exactly why he goes to jail. He like beats somebody up basically, but like for a good reason. Like it was it,
0: like... he was defending himself and beat somebody <laughs> yes, up. Yes,
1: yes, yeah, yeah. And so he, he goes to jail, too, and, and I, I think his attack. snake is just yeah. like out and about but
0: yeah now it's on the loose but yeah so i loved so like even that as cheesy as it sounds like the last is kind of this closing out of this female snake and like yeah you know causing it. but like she's out on her own and like kind of just that nice pair you know yin and yang of the female and the male energy and just how powerful they both are like I, i think she did that really well in the tales of these generations like the men and the women were so i loved it made me think of um uh, 100 years of solitude mm-hmm. just a little bit mm-hmm. as far as like I love the you know just how you can see through these generations of people how their power just compounds upon each other well, and that leads them to to altering lives and so I just that's how I, I just looked at lose as this great conduit for that and so the yeah. negative of it is maybe I didn't get enough of loses internal, yeah, like I like kind of I, feelings as I wanted. I think like but maybe almost, yeah.
1: her the way things play out for her. Like I think maybe I would have appreciated it more or liked the way it happened more if I had gotten more of that from her specifically because a lot yeah. of it is us just being like kind of guessing at whether or not she was in control or not, and I would have liked maybe that to be more clear. Of her, like, making, object like, explicit, maybe, decisions, you know? Like,
0: yes. because we get yeah.
1: some of her explicit feelings about certain things, but we didn't, like, as far as the way things play out, we don't really get a lot out of her in that way. And I think that would have yeah. been more. But I really love what you have to say, though, about, like, the power of generations. And I really liked how this book, like... I think, you know, like, we live in a, in a society that really exemplifies and, and puts on a pedestal, like, patriarchal generations and, like, names following through. Like, everything is kind of set up to follow the male lineage. But this book yes. really sets up this female lineage and this matriarchal generational, like, family. And it's all about, like, from the start of the the sleepy, um, is that what it's called? The sleepy grand... The sleepy something. What is it called? The oh, sleepy the prophet. The sleepy prophet. The grandma. Yeah, the
0: sleepy prophet. Yeah. And
1: yeah. Um, the way it's, it starts with this, like, powerful woman, like, creating this family. And then, you know, it, like, it just follows all these women through the generations. And it's fun to see the power follow the women and, like, think about a family in a matriarchal way. Yeah. Um, I think that's really powerful to see how these women connect to each other. And um, because that's not really how it's done in society. Like, that's not how things are, like, legally thought of, you know. And that's not how our, like, society is really, like, set up to think about things. And Mm -hmm. I really liked that this book is, like, very explicitly thinking about uh, females and, like, that power throughout the generations and also I like especially during the end I really had a pretty emotional reaction to her and Diego's reunion like I thought that their relationship was really powerful and I felt like it really like extended across like time and space you know like because they couldn't really communicate that much and you know they're just communicating over letters and and stuff, but it seemed to me that, like, that love and, like, that seriousness was just really gorgeous. Like, her telling him to come home or, like, explaining something's gonna happen, and, like, the way he just knows that it's, like, time to make his way back to Colorado. I thought it was just really beautiful. And then um, when he comes home, And she's in bed and he comes in and she, like, wakes up and she's like, are you real? Like, are you real? Like, am I imagining (laughs) you? Am I seeing you, you know, in the way that she sees things? Like, I just thought that was so great. It was so fan. It's just beautiful. And then, you know, the book ends with them going to this home, which you find out, like, Lizette does laundry for. She goes to this home that's run by nuns and she doesn't really know what kind of like home quote unquote it is and it turns out it's it's like a home that people send that white people their daughters send to their have, daughters to to have their babies to, to be yep. yeah to be pregnant to shield them from society to hide them away and she sees eleanor for their
0: babies to be adopted yeah, yeah.
1: so she sees eleanor there and um they have a pretty beautiful like emotional exchange where eleanor is like don't tell anybody And she says she won't. But then I loved how it, you know, it ends with Diego basically going to this home and like getting his baby, baby. Yeah. And they name her Lucille, and they all get together, and it's, um, it's Maria Josefina and, um, oh, her girlfriend, her girlfriend. I can't remember her name. Is it uh, Helen? It's easy. Also a
0: badass. Uh, uh who's a this badass like female doctor yes oh my um, gosh i love and it and i love how she like talks about how she taught Ethel Ethel yeah so yeah so how she ta- said that she taught herself to drive <laughs>
1: i i love it it's, it's so good but yeah so they go and they get the baby and um he returned after a long while the birds across the grass lifted into flight as he stepped over the stone steps carrying a white bundle in his arms. She was a baby girl, and her eyes were a dazzling green, while her hair... And her skin and hair were lavish and brown. Diego kissed his daughter and handed the baby to Luz in the back seat. We'll call her Lucille, he said to his sister. Now go on, tell her our stories. Luz nodded and began to think of what she would tell her niece. She would start, she decided, with a woman she had seen in her dreams, the sleepy prophet. And that's how this book starts. And it's just like a beautiful kind of like cyclical. The book kind of ends with how it began, talking about the sleepy yes. prophet. And it's just – um I just really, I loved that. I loved it. I thought it was great. And I like, too, that, like, this matriarchal lineage, too, doesn't follow just woman to woman to woman. Like, it's... Yes. It's the sleepy prophet. And then, you know, and then it's her child is Pedra. and, And then his... And then it's his wife. You know, it's this idea too that it's not just, it's not about like a matriarchal, matriarchal lineage being just about like blood to blood. Yeah. But about like just the women in the, the family. Po- the power
0: of these women. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and, and in the community. Yeah. yeah like how, how there's power in that.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I'm glad you liked it. I'm going to bring you. Sadie and I are so excited we get to see each other yeah. in a couple days. She's coming out here and we're doing like a big family camping trip. But I'm going to bring you the copy of Sabrina and Karina her short oh, stories cuz okay. cuz I loved it and if since you love this book then you will love her short stories too. So I need to go get that and I need to see if I have I didn't like it though. Where the crawdads sing.
1: Oh, you didn't like it. I have, I, 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 like have, we ta-
0: ta- I have I have the book. I was I mean I I bought it. I think someone recommended it and I read it and I I did not like it. We talked about but this. Sarah w- is looking for it. We
1: talked about this when it came and out so that on. you thought, like, correct me if I'm wrong, you thought the writing was very, like, trite and, like, overdone.
0: I thought it was horrible. And the, have you heard? So the author who wrote it, her and her husband are wanted for questioning in a murder investigation in Zimbabwe. Which means I guess that they're be- suspects
1: in a murder in, in Zimbabwe, by the way.
0: Yeah. Well, obviously, but like they, well, I get, well, because they, I think they were like conservationists or something like they used to do before she started writing. They did a lot of work with like environmental agencies and stuff and they were there dealing, like trying to get evidence of like people moving fence lines for poaching or something like that. And they, there was a poacher that was murdered and they want to question her and her husband because they were like, involved in some way in the incident Jeez. and so they're like yeah so it's interesting because there's like they, they're pointing out some similarities of different things in her book but um yeah I did not like the book I, I didn't like the writing I didn't I haven't I, I didn't like it I haven't bothered <laughs> but, um, to read it
1: because I remember when it came out and you told me that about it and I was like oh yeah. I'm not gonna spend my money on that then
0: but I'm gonna see if I, I. But I have a copy of it, and you know, just because I don't like it doesn't mean.
1: Well, and the, you know, like, I, like whatever. I think the the movie
0: is coming out soon, or maybe just came out. Yes, and it's a and it was a Reese Witherspoon book club pick yeah. or something. Yeah. so like it's automatically popular. But yeah, uh, why where was I going with that? Oh, I'll bring you a copy. Yeah, and then I'm gonna because I got to find that copy for Sarah too. So I'm gonna do this when we're done. Sorry, no one else needed to hear that besides us. That was. <laughs> Should have just been talked off outside of the podcast. Um, I'm really glad you like the book. I love this book. I hope that you guys got a chance to read yeah. it. Um, and if not, that this inspired you to read it. It's really, really good. And if you did, please, we'd love to hear if you guys like it, if you have any suggestions, any comments, always welcome. We appreciate all of you listening because yes. we love doing this. And
1: so. uh to, to our to our shout out to our listener. Um, Megan, who, you know, got to go to, like, a reading with this author. I know, I'm so jealous. I'm so jealous, and I really want to hear about your experience and also your thoughts on the book, so you know where to DM us. Please tell us all about it. Yes,
0: we'd love to hear about that. Um, Okay, well, I think that's it. So we are reading Jane Austen's Persuasion next. We'll spend one episode discussing the book, and then one episode discussing the movie that's out on Netflix right now, uh, the adaptation. So, Uh, Go pick up your copy from your local bookstore, bookshop.org, watch the movie. We'll be dropping those next two episodes over the next uh, two weeks. So we will talk to you then. Thanks, everybody. Bye.